Unlocking Wellness for Success. This is an insightful interview with Hallie Brooke. Join us as we chat with Hallie Brooke about why well-being is crucial to business growth. We explore functional medicine, the need for health coaches, and discuss diet trends versus sustainable healthy living. Learn about gut and mental health, essential daily nutrients, and overcoming struggles with self-care. Don't miss this vital conversation on health and success. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. share a little bit about our guest with you today. As the founder and CEO of Live Nourished, Hallie Brooke is a nationally recognized health and wellness coach and Fox 21 fitness and nutrition expert. Her journey began with overcoming personal health challenges in 2014, leading her to become a certified functional medicine nutrition counselor. Brooke's Philosophy of health extends beyond physical well-being, advocating for balance in life's mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects. She runs a successful practice addressing key wellness areas and is deeply committed to empowering women through education and healing. I'm so pleased to help welcome Miss Hallie Brooke. It's such an hey, honor Hallie. to be here. Hi, April. It is such an honor to be here. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm excited to have you again on the Wellness Driven Life Show. And our conversation, the, the first go round was so enlightening and we we just could get going and going and going. Couldn't we? So <laughs> yes, we could I, talk for days. We could. I wanted to bring you back because I, I love the discussions that we have. They're very enlightening. They're colorful. They're engaging. They're energetic. So uh, I'm so excited to have you here again. But let's get started because not all of the audience has listened to the first interview. And FYI, go back and listen to it because it's really good stuff. Because mm -hmm. as you'll find out today, Hallie is full of information. She's an incredible storyteller and she's bubbly. And of course, you want to continue listening to her. So be sure to catch that episode. Maybe I'll put that in the description link. That's probably a great idea. And Hallie, why don't you share with the audience a little bit about you? Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> so a little bit about me. I now own a functional medicine health coaching practice. I love it. It's my favorite thing. Um, we're actually a health coaching agency. So um, sort of like if you think about an ad agency, ad agencies do ads for multiple different businesses. We do health coaching and nutrition for multiple different businesses, which is really cool. I got into that. So I was a math teacher for nine years in Title I schools before I left and took a hard left turn and switched careers. And the reason I switched careers is because I was 24 and super sick. I had shingles at 24, which is mm -hmm. not a thing. I remember sitting in my car after probably my seventh doctor's appointment, looking at myself in the rearview mirror and my skin is gray and I have acne everywhere and I have shingles on my back and my arms are numb and I'm exhausted and I have dark circles under my eyes that have no relation to how much I was sleeping. And I was just sick and I had you know, I love Western medicine. I think Western medicine is an incredible gift and it's life-saving medicine. And I had seven doctors tell me like, yeah, we don't really know what's going on. So chicken and lettuce sounds like that's what you can digest. So just mm -hmm. eat that. And I, I wow. remember sitting in my car, you know, after that seventh doctor's appointment, just going, this cannot be the answer. There has to be something else. 
And so desperation drove me into looking for other options. And I stumbled into functional medicine, which for those of you who don't know what that is, it's root cause medicine. So instead of playing whack-a-mole with symptoms, we go after, okay, well, where are all these symptoms coming from in the first place? And functional medicine and prayer healed me. And I'm completely better. I can eat anything that I choose. Um, I don't have shingles anymore. I haven't been sick in two years. Um, oh, and I'm well, and I'm well, I'm well because of lifestyle and, and functional medicine. So, um, I learned that I went back to school, I got certified, I started a business and here we are. Wow. That is awesome. And super awesome introduction, by the way, we really got so much information there, so much storyline. And wow, isn't that kind of where it starts, Hallie, where you you feel so forced to be able to look at other sort of options, you know, and going to the, the functional medicine aspect and arena. When we do go to, you said you had seven different doctors tell you, sorry, don't know what's going on and give you this, this crazy diet advice. And and nothing was really working. And you get to a point where you feel so lost. I mean, you feel unheard maybe a little bit and you mm-hmm. feel like I I really wish with, with all of the resources that we have today that we had an answer. Why is there no answers? I've been there multiple times where you don't have answers. And so then it, it does push you out to want to explore other things because you become really desperate. You look yep. at yourself and you're like, I don't want to live this way. There must be another answer. Yep. Yeah. There has to be another answer. I mean, it was all of those things are super accurate, unheard, frustrated. I also think hopeless. You know, I'm so sick and I know that this is not how this is supposed to go down. And everyone I'm talking to is just kind of going like, I don't know. (laughs) Um, And that's, that's really a hopeless place to be, especially when, you know, we esteem doctors and I love doctors. I have so, I have mad respect for doctors and we esteem doctors so highly that in some ways we outsource our health and our wellness to them. And we say, well, if a doctor can't figure it out, then it's, unfigureoutable. And that's just not true. There's a doctor who I really love and respect, Dr. James Dean Nicolantonio. Super respect him. Amazing doctor. One of his quotes is, if you go to a doctor and they prescribe you medication without first asking you about your sleep, your stress, your food, your movement, and your relationships, you have a drug dealer, not a doctor. And I think that's so powerful. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. I love it. When I saw that quote, I was like, yes. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. Because it's so true, because what what medical school doesn't teach, and this is not the doctor's fault, this is the system's fault, yeah. but medical school, there's three medical schools in the country, at least there were two years ago, that require a nutrition course. Three. three. That's it. In order to graduate from medical school, you don't really have to know anything about nutrition. Yeah. Um no one in medical school is talking about sleep. No one's talking about movement. No one's talking about all of these things. You know. There's there's the understanding that if someone has type 2 diabetes, they need to exercise more and they probably need to lose weight. We get that, but it's that gap between, okay, you need to exercise more and you need to lose weight to, to actually implementing something on a Tuesday that's going to make a difference. Same thing with things like IBS. I did a um, internship when I graduated from school. I did an internship with a gastroenterologist here in town. And I asked her at one point, I said, you know, what is IBS? I understand IBD. I understand Crohn's. I understand these other things, but what is IBS? And she said, oh, well, that's what we diagnose people with when we don't know what's wrong with them and we don't have a pill to fix it. Wow. And I went, oh, (laughs) awesome. But then that begs the question, if there's something wrong with someone and we don't have a pill to fix it, you know, what went wrong? Why, why do they have IBS? What's the problem? And that's where functional medicine and comes in. That's where nutrition comes in. That's where integrative medicine comes in because there isn't a pill to fix it. It's nutrition, it's lifestyle, it's stress, it's relationships, it's all of it. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because I hear so much of that from doctors who have really, uh, well, I don't know if astray is really the right word, but they have branched out and they started kind of doing their own things when they realize all of those things, that all of those are factors 
into it, including the spiritual aspect, which is never brought up also. Mm-mm. So, and you, you mentioned that too, that that was a part of your healing. Well, it, it is a part of our essence. We are spiritual beings. We're energetic beings. And so that has to come into play. Right. But, you know, I see these doctors that have really started coming out and, and wanting to speak freely of their findings. And they say the same thing. It's, it's all the same thing that I wasn't taught this. Why is this not being shown to us and and being Mm -hmm. taught and being really foundational for our practice. But I think that maybe this might, we might start seeing some shifts and some turns as people start branching out and talking about it as we have this discussion here, because it, it is something that really does have to come to play where we can have this beautiful marriage of, you know, uh, traditional and, and modern medicine and practices and all of those things. Yep. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I love Western medicine. I'll say that a million times over it really truly is life-saving medicine. Western medicine keeps people alive longer and it saves people's life. We need Western medicine and it's a gift from God, in my opinion. And, um, and it's life-saving medicine. It's not life quality medicine. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big difference. So Mm -hmm. you really started branching into that life quality medicine aspect and piece when you're, you're learning more, you were finding out that there's all of these different pieces. Hallie, what were some of the first things that you really started seeing a shift in your overall health and well-being? Yeah. Great question. So I figured out pretty quickly once I, you know, got myself driven away from that seventh doctor's appointment crying in the car and I started diving in pretty quickly was able to link what I was dealing with to my gut health. Um, every single th- symptom that I was dealing with tied back to leaky gut or gut permeability. And this was this was 15 years ago. Now leaky gut and gut health is a little bit more well-known. It's a little bit more of a term. Back then, there was like one doctor writing about it. Dr. Axe, he's great. Um, and so I started learning about, you know, leaky gut and gut permeability and how your gut lining is one cell thick. And it started making sense. Um, fatigue, acne, the psoriasis that was on the back of my head, the fact that my immune system at 24 couldn't fight off shingles. Like that's a disease for 80 year olds, not 20 year olds. Um, all of these pieces started making sense. And so once I connected it to gut health, then all of a sudden I was able to see everything I was dealing with as coming from this one kind of central thing instead of, well, I need to fix my psoriasis and I also need to fix this and I also need to fix this and I also need, it's just so overwhelming. Um, I started getting traction because I could understand, okay, all of these are coming from this one thing. And so once I understood that, then I started learning all about gut health, all about microbiome, all about our GI tract, all about, you know, tight gap junctions and all the nerdy things. And then the really cool thing, I like to say that functional medicine isn't rocket science. Functional medicine can be very complex. Integrative medicine can be very complex. The human body is very complex, but not and, but the treatment, quote unquote, the prescription that comes out of functional medicine is not rocket science. The prescription is eat differently stress differently, move differently, think differently, heal your relationships. That's the prescription. And so for me, I started with, with gut. Um, I, I put myself on a 40 day kind of like gut healing protocol that I basically made up. Like this was not a thing that was Googleable. This was something that I, I pulled, okay, this is interesting. And this is interesting. And this is interesting. I remember, you know, um, being, I was so sick. And so one night, I think it was around Thanksgiving, I put myself to bed. So I'm in a sleeping bag on the floor of my now ex-husband's, you know, childhood bedroom because he was in the twin bed, of course, and I'm on the floor. Um, <laughs> so I'm like laying in my sleeping bag at night on my phone, searching, like deep diving into all of these things. And, you know, the next day getting up and going to the grocery store and buying different food and and this whole process. And then the other piece that I really really dove into that really made a huge difference for me is prayer. Um, I can't fix everything. 
as it turns mm-hmm. out, even, even with all of my knowledge and now all of my degrees and all of my training and all of my years of experience, if somebody comes to me and says, Hey, I'm dealing with this thing, I can get them only so far. And so the other crazy thing mm-hmm. that I did, which sounds super woo woo, and it felt woo woo in the moment. I have these, I call them my old prayer ladies here in Colorado Springs. It's a, it's a ministry and you can literally just like book a prayer session with them. It's awesome. Um, And so I knew one of them and I ended up texting one of them and just said, Hey, I'm super struggling with this. What do you think? And she goes, well, come in for prayer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm sick enough. It's not going to hurt. So I go in for prayer and they ended up praying for identity. They didn't pray for my gut to be healed. They didn't pray for my symptoms to go away. They prayed that um, this kind of piece of my identity that I'd maybe let go of or forgotten back in high school you know, would be restored to me that I would know who I am. And in that prayer session, I mean, it sounds as weird as it gets. I've never had an experience like this before. Haven't had one again, but as they're praying that, as they're praying for this piece of who I am as a human to be restored to, to the way that I was created and designed to be the woman I was created and designed to be, I felt something physically in my gut go and out. And I was like, what was that? I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense to me. And from that point forward, that was, I think, day 30 of the kind of 40-day protocol that I put myself on. From that day forward, I was better. Mm, I love that. And (laughs) I know that we touched on that a little bit last time, but I want to keep bringing it up because there's a lot of things that we, we, directions we can go here, but identity is huge. I mean, we identify as the human beings that we think that we are it's so profoundly. It's our belief system and mm-hmm. it, it affects so many different aspects of our lives. And, you know, as you were telling your story, I, it makes me think so much about, you know, you talked a little bit about your, your ex, now ex-husband and lying on the floor. So I could see some, there was some tension there. And maybe this is why he's an ex-husband. But you know, <laughs> when we talk about our emotional states and how much that affects our life, and you said, I can only take a client so far. And I, Hallie, this is something that I appreciate about you so much because you are willing to admit and to go there because it is the the reality and the truth, mm-hmm. right? I can mm-hmm. take you so far physically. And then there's other aspects that there's other work that, that we have to get to and that maybe you have to do too. You have to be willing to go there too, because this is going into the emotional, spiritual realm yes. that that is again, vital and the power of prayer too. And I know we touched on this last time also, but that is huge. I mean, there's, this is where miracles happen and there's been study after study and, and um, even biblical, you know, statements over this on how, when there, when there are more than one or three or more, I can't remember exactly how it's quoted, but you know, that's when miracles happen, but that is the power of prayer. When more of us gather together and we're intentional about, you know, putting healing intentions on, on another human being. Yeah. And it's just, it's incredible. So I I also kind of wanted to touch on, you mentioned that there is this, this gut lining that is, you said one cell uh-huh. Right. So yep. I'm very, very curious about that. Can you explain that? And what is the importance of that when we're talking about our gut health? Oh man, this is my favorite thing to nerd out about. So here we go. Okay. So when I say gut, I'm typically talking about your large intestine. Obviously your gut is everything from your esophagus, stomach, small intestine, large intestine, rectum all the way out. But when, when we talk about gut health, when you see people talk about gut health, they're typically talking about your large intestine and your large intestine is a fascinating place. So the epithelial lining, meaning the, the sausage casing for lack of a better term of your large intestine is one cell thick. That is insane. If you think about the skin underneath your eyes, that's about 30 cells thick. So Mm. this, you know, super thin skin that we're only supposed to barely tap with our pinky because we can damage it. 30 cells thick. Our gut lining is one cell thick. That's insane. And we use our gut all day, every single day. We are putting food through that system all day, every single day. So it's not super hard to imagine that we could get holes or tears in that fairly easily. Now, here's what happens when that happens. Our large intestine is in charge of 
keeping all of our colonocytes or our, our good bacteria. And when people, when people hear um, probiotics, they usually think of bacteria, but what's in our gut is a combination of, pro of uh, bacteria, yeast, viruses, and fungus. It's all of those things. There are beneficial, all of those things and harmful, all of those things. It's not just bacteria. So all of those things are contained in that one cell thick container along with food particles and poop particles are all in there. So we get a hole in that. What happens when you get a hole in something that's supposed to contain stuff? Well, stuff starts leaking out. So where we get this contamination. Yeah, contamination. So think about, you know, if you were just to take a gut, it's like full, it's a, it's a cesspool. It's full of like all this bacteria, your poop, your mostly digested food. And now that's leaking out into your body cavity. Wow. Like, yeah, not super hard to connect the dots on. That's probably not good. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So and it's not going to make you feel good either. Not going to make you feel good. Yeah. Not going to make you feel good. Real bad. So what happens is now we have all of this stuff leaking out into your body. This is, this is why I think food sensitivity tests are a total joke. Um, mm -hmm. Now you have all of these things food leaking out into your body. And so your immune system, which is designed to protect your body from foreign invaders, bacteria, yeast, fungi, all of these things, food particles leaking out into your body cavity, your immune system goes, oh no, five alarm fire and starts to attack all of these things because they're supposed mm -hmm. to be housed in a contained area. They're not supposed to be just floating around in your body. So now we have our immune system, which is kind of like our body's army attacking all sorts of things. And in a short perspective, you know, I have clients come to me all the time who say, I just, I eat and I'm exhausted every time after I eat. doesn't matter if it's breakfast or lunch or dinner. I'm just so tired after I eat. And I go, yeah, that's probably leaky gut. Why? How do you feel when you have an immune reaction? So an immune reaction is you get a cold, you get a flu, your immune system starts attacking that thing. How do you feel? Exhausted, tired, maybe your joints ache, you know, these kinds of things. Well, that's happening every single time you eat. Mm, um, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. That's a really common one. We also see, you know, that's kind of the, the most acute version of that. The, the most extreme version of that is we now have your immune system on high alert all the time. And so then we start to see autoimmune disease come in. We start to see rheumatoid arthritis come in. We start to see Alzheimer's disease come in. We start to see all of these other things because if you have an army that's overpowered and bored, it's going to start attacking things that it's not supposed to attack. And so it starts attacking joints and it starts attacking all of these things. And the root cause is, is that your immune system has been attacking things. So back to the food sensitivity test, you know, I have people come to me all the time who've taken some food sensitivity test online and they have a list of 45 things that their body is sensitive to. And usually it's the things that they eat all the time. And I say, yeah, um, I didn't need that test. That all that tells me is that you have leaky gut. You're not actually allergic to bananas. Some people are actually allergic to bananas, but for a food sensitivity test, you're not actually allergic to bananas. Your immune system has identified a banana as a foreign invader. The mm -hmm. thing is, your immune system doesn't attack things inside your gut. It attacks things that come out of right. your, your GI tract. Because so it's can, not where it's supposed to be. Right. It's not where it's supposed to be. Yeah. And so if we can seal up that epithelial lining, if we can bring those tight gap junctions together, if we can increase the mucosal lining of your gut so that this super delicate one cell thick thing basically has a, a barrier, now all of that food stays in your gut and all of a sudden you're not sensitive to bananas because it's not in a place where your immune system can attack it. Yeah. I love the way that you describe that. It's, it's fascinating. And, and you do such a great job and it's, it's interesting because it reminds me so much with systemic lupus, which is mm -hmm. the, the disease that I was diagnosed with and the way that it was described to me, or, or at least the way that my mom described it to me was your body is attacking itself. And that was like the best way to describe this autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. yep. Your body constantly fighting itself. Yep, exactly. So you do an incredible job explaining that. And <laughs> it makes so much sense, you know, as you do talk about that. Now, I am curious because, you know, when somebody is told, oh, you have a leaky gut, you have holes, right? And, and so when you picture that, you think, oh my gosh, 
can those holes go like, like seal back up or, or can it, can I be healed? And so what you're saying is, yes, that is possible through, mm -hmm. you know, diet, nutrition, et cetera. So could you walk us through that process a little bit? Like what is the avenue that you take your clients to when this is the case? Yeah, absolutely. It's so healable. It's so fixable and really actually pretty fast. Healing someone's gut is one of the fastest things we can do. Balancing hormones takes longer. Healing adrenal fatigue takes longer. Gut health is actually pretty quick. So yes, your body can can heal itself. I want you to picture, you know, having a paper cut on your hand or something. You have a paper cut. It really hurts. It's bleeding. There's a hole in your skin. So what do we do about that? Well, the first thing that we do about that is we put a Band-Aid on it. Why? The Band-Aid doesn't magically heal the cut but it protects the cut while it heals, right? If you have a cut on your hand and you just keep doing this to it, you just keep rubbing it and picking at it, it's never going to heal. But if you can cover it, that Band-Aid isn't going to work any magical powers. It's just going to protect your cut while your body does what it naturally does. And I tell my clients all the time, you know, I have people come to me and be like, can you fix me? And I say, no, I can't fix you, but I can help your body get in get in position to heal itself. We can give your body the tools that it needs to heal itself. So um, if we use that kind of as analogy, we have a cut on our hand, we put a bandaid on, that's what we're going to do with your gut. So we take clients through what we call the 5R protocol. And the 5R protocol, the first thing is remove. Okay. So if somebody comes to me with 40 food sensitivities, we're going to say, okay, for a short period of time, we're going to remove those 40 things because those are me doing this to the cut on my hand, just like rubbing it, irritating it, making it angry. So we're going to remove the things that are making it angry or that could possibly make it angry, inflammatory foods, processed sugars, etc. Then we're going to repair. So repair is essentially that band-aid. We use a couple of really targeted supplements to help increase the mucosal lining in your GI tract. And that mucosal lining acts like a band-aid in your gut. It says, okay, here's your one cell thick gut lining that's damaged. We're just going to put kind of a squishy, gooey layer on top of that so that food can, can go through without, you know, rubbing on that cut over and over and over again. So remove, repair. Then we want to re-inoculate. So a lot of times when we see someone who's having GI distress, gas, bloating, chronic fatigue, et cetera, um, it means that there's an imbalance of bacteria in their gut. So there's too much of the bad stuff. Mm -hmm not enough of the good stuff or both. And so re-inoculate means that we need to rebalance the stuff that's in your gut. We need to help that good bacteria, those good yeasts, those good viruses, we need to help those grow. And just like grass in a lawn, you know, if you have a dirt lawn, you have a bunch of weeds popping up and it's impossible to keep on top of them. You can't poison it fast enough, you're going to have dandelions grow. But if we put down a beautiful sod layer and now you have fresh new grass, even if it hasn't rooted down yet, that suppresses the weeds. That's the whole idea behind re-inoculation. So re-inoculation, getting rid of the bad stuff, not with antibiotics, getting like repopulating the good stuff. Um, and then the fourth step is rebalance. So rebalance things like a lot of clients come to me and say, man, my gut health is so much worse when I get, when my cycle comes, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. All of a sudden, two weeks before my period, I get the worst farts and I get diarrhea when my period comes. That's something that we need to rebalance. We need to work on, on how your hormones function. So we need to rebalance your hormones so that your gut healing can happen. Um, people tell me all the time, well, I just can't sleep. Okay. Well, if you can't sleep, your body's not repairing your body can't repair. Your body only repairs itself during deep sleep, which is 19% of your sleep. So if you think about, if you think about that in terms of time, we have 24 hours in a day, you're going to sleep for seven to eight of those. And only 19% of that seven to eight is when your body repairs. We need to really optimize that because we've got this big of a window <laughs> for your body to repair. So if we're not talking about your sleep, we need to do that. Stress, your cortisol that the hormone that gets released when you're stressed changes your microbiome. So if we're working on re-inoculating your gut, but your stress is through the roof and so your cortisol is constantly rearranging your microbiome, we're not going to get anywhere. So that rebalance step is zooming out from your gut and looking at your whole well-being, your whole life, everything that goes into that and saying, okay, we need to get your life 
designed so that your body can heal. And then the last step is reintroduce. So the last step is we take all those foods that you're quote unquote sensitive to. No, you're not. Your immune system is attacking them and we reintroduce Mm. them. And that's how we test to see, okay, did we get there? Is your gut healed or do we need to go through another thing? So um, yeah, those five R's, remove, repair, re-inoculate, rebalance, reintroduce. Awesome. Wow. I love how you have them on all R's. Like (laughs) incredible. And again, the, just the way that you describe everything, ladies and gentlemen, Hallie Brooke here in the house. And I can definitely see why you are the, the health and and wellness expert for Fox 21, because Mm -hmm. you just are, you are so incredible in that and being able to really explain and people or walk people through what it is you're, you're trying to say. You, you do that in such a beautiful way. So we'll Thank go into our, our commercial. And when we get back, let's talk a little bit more about some of these things, maybe the foods and some of the things that you do on a daily basis. You've healed yourself now. So I would love to know what it is that you do now. So stay tuned. I want to let you know about my next group program, Health Kickstart and Detox. The best way to start diving into your health is to start looking at nutrition, the right way to eat for your body and understanding that as well as digestion because you are what you absorb and not just what you eat. So I teach how to ensure your digestive system is even turned on so that you can benefit from the food that you're putting into your body. So I combine all of this learning in a group program for support for you, along with setting you up for success. So click the show notes to learn more about the program. The link is there. I look forward to hearing from you. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. So, Hallie, you're so brilliant at all of this. You know, by the way, I know I talk you up so much on this show. Just come here to get your daily dose of that. Um, But I, you know, we we talk a little bit too about, you know, when our gut health also affects our mental well-being. And I know that you, you have a lot of knowledge in that too. And then it also if we're, if we're not meeting that and, and being our best selves it's very difficult to be able to show up in, in a great way for any capacity, whether mm-hmm. that personal business, et cetera. So all of this really has a play in how we show up in the world to be as successful as we can. Yep. Yeah. Um, also I can nerd out about this forever. So, oh, I'm going to tell you a story to help with this one. This is a really dramatic story. Most people don't have a story that is is quite this dramatic, but I think it's really powerful because it illustrates the point. So we had a client who came to us. She was referred to us from her counselor. So her counselor said, hey, I think you need to go heal your gut. I have, I have some really good working relationships with counselors and therapists in town. Um, I do teaching and training at counselors' offices to help them understand the connection between gut health and brain health and empower those counselors to give, give their clients some, some steps in the right direction. So this counselor referred this client to us. Um, she was dealing with constipation. She was pooping once every two weeks, which I can go functional medicine all day on that, you know, like reabsorbing toxins into your body that will absolutely destroy your home hormones. You're not absorbing nutrients, that whole thing. Um, but a big piece of that was that she had been sexually abused when she was eight or nine. And so when she came to us, she said, you know, I haven't had a regular bowel movement since I was eight or nine. I was like, okay. (laughs) 
Uh, that's a problem for a lot of reasons. But as we started digging into this story, um, you know, it comes out that she was sexually abused when she was eight or nine. And there's a lot of research that actually links sexual abuse to things like constipation because it, it forces our body to like hold in all of this not okayness. And so her counselor, who I'm so proud of, referred her to us because she wasn't, she wasn't getting anywhere. She wasn't making progress. They'd, they'd made some progress and they were, she was still really struggling. Um, and they, they just, they, they couldn't get past this block. And so it's a both. And this girl needed counseling and trauma therapy. Absolutely. But because her body was holding on to toxins because her body, you know, wasn't processing food, at a very baseline level because her body wasn't absorbing enough nutrients to allow her brain to actually process this trauma, we were stuck. So her counselor said, we're going to take, you know, a six, six week break from counseling. I want you to go work with Hallie and her team. So this girl got sent to us. Um, and we started working on her gut. We started working on her gut. We started working on stress reduction techniques. We started working on, um, getting getting her bowels moving with movement and increasing fiber we started looking at you know nutritional deficiencies that have been caused by 20 years of constipation and we got her to the point where she was pooping every other day which is still constipated by the way but it's way better than every other week um and then we sent her back to her her therapist and her therapist called me probably 2 weeks later and said oh my gosh we've just had massive breakthroughs that we couldn't get to and I, I think that illustrates that gut-brain connection mm. incredibly. First, it illustrates you yeah. know the trauma in your life might actually be part of the root cause of your gut. I'm not a counselor. I'm going to refer you out. I'm and a piece, and. Yeah. I'm a piece of the puzzle, but I'm not the whole puzzle. And yeah. this counselor who had enough wherewithal, partly because I've trained them to go, you know, we're not going to get anywhere until we can get your body functioning right. And then we can go back and work on your brain. Um, yeah. You know, I can talk about the gut-brain connection all day long. There's a ton of science and a ton of research, but I love that story yeah. because it it paints a picture of what that is. And that's a really extreme example. So narrow that down to like you're stressed because your boss sucks. That yeah. will affect your gut. Well, yeah. I think. I mean, what I hear in this, Hallie, I, I think that's a beautiful example. Beautiful example of. That, that yes, they are also connected. And what I also hear is that it doesn't, it, it doesn't always go in a certain order. There is no order to all of these things. And, you know, like I said, wellness is under this massive umbrella, right? And so mm -hmm. there are all of these different things that really have a play in our overall well-being. And so, but it's kind of like, I, I, I'm liking it right, right now in my mind to, um, when we have a, a, a trauma or an emotional thing in our, our, you know, our life and, you know, either we're grieving. And so if you think about the stages of grief, none of that is in order. Mm -mm. So this yep. is what I'm, I'm thinking here is that there's no there's not necessarily an order to any of this. It doesn't mean that, oh, you need to take care of the spiritual aspect of yourself and the childhood traumas, uh, or you need to, you know, to do deal with the physical aspect of yourself first. It's, it's not necessarily an order. There's different stories of different ways. And not only that, to top it all, there's different seasons of life. And so now you're back up and down and you're going to be readdressing those in different stages and times as well. Exactly. It's the chicken or the egg conversation, you know, yeah. is, is your mental health affecting your physical health is your, or, or is it your physical health that's causing your mental health issues? Yes. Both. <laughs> and yes. Right. <laughs> yes. And yes. Yep. Yeah. Ah, awesome. Great story. Well, so do you, do you have any other examples of, you know, maybe going into a, a business, a professional aspect mm. on, how that kind of takes a major, major play in how we show up. Oh man. Yes, I do. So I literally just this last weekend, I was in Wisconsin as the keynote speaker, which was a huge honor for a business conference. Um, I, I was sandwiched in between Michael Lamone or, um, yeah, Michael Lamonis and Megan Riley, which are just like both of those two humans are two of my business heroes. And I'm <laughs> one of three keynote speakers with them. And my whole talk, so my talk was titled Health is Wealth, No Literally. And the whole talk was taking this room full of CEOs 
executives and entrepreneurs and showing them the direct monetary connection between their own well-being and their bottom line. Um, one of my favorite studies is called the Oxford study. They did it, They published it in 2021 because they'd studied people 2019 to 2021. And then they published it again in 2023 because they wanted to know if COVID had affected their data. And what they found was, so they took 1,600, 1,600 publicly traded companies, hundreds of thousands of employees, and they gave all of those people a wellness survey. And the wellness survey was things like sleep, stress, you know, um, purpose, mission, all of those things. So, you know, not, not how productive you are, but how much do you sleep? And they studied those things. They gave these companies wellness rankings based on how well their company ranked on that wellness profile. And then they looked at that company's bottom line. And what they found was that companies who rank higher on the health and wellness spectrum make more money across the board. They have a better return on investments. They have a better return on assets. They go, they have a higher valuation for when they're ready to sell. And then the Oxford study took this and took it one step further, which I think is so cool. So they took the top 100 of these 1,600 companies and put them into a stock investment portfolio and tracked them for four years. Um, and compared to the S&P 500, so over this four-year period, the S&P 500 appreciated 105%. Good. I'll take 105% return on my investment. Like, that's great. Yeah. The wellness 100 companies, do you want to guess what they appreciated? Uh, I don't know. 325%. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's an incredible so, study. It's an incredible study. It's an incredible study. And so, you know, wow. as entrepreneurs and business owners, I think a lot of times we buy into this lie that we have to sacrifice our well-being for the sake of our business. It's a trade-off. We have to work hard now so we can rest later. We have to overwork yeah. now so we don't have to rest later. And it's just a massive lie. Um, companies who, who do better on this wellness profile make more money. There's another study that took this to a whole nother level. Um, the, the C. Everett Coop Foundation gives an award every single year to a company who has achieved a certain level of health and wellness in their in their company they use something called the um the the hope the the hope metric and so they give they give this award they've done this for a decade and so very similar study um they took the 24 companies who have won this award they put them into a stock investment portfolio in 2001, which I think is so cool. It's before the 2008 bubble burst. It's mm. before COVID. Like it's before all of this stuff happened. And they tracked them for 13 years. So this is not just a like, the market was good. The market was bad. What happened? And they compared it to the S&P 500. They compared it to the NASDAQ. They compared it to the Dow Jones. And this group of Coop Everett C Award winners outperformed all of those through the entire 13 years. Their line, wow. if you look at the graph, is above those other metrics that we use as our baseline stock investment every single year, 2008, 2020, all of it. Um, so what does that mean for us? That means for us as business owners, your walk at lunch is the most profitable thing you can do. Yeah. Choosing to put your phone in another room two hours before bed so that you can get rid of that blue light and you can, you know, start to wind down for sleep and then you can actually sleep well instead of staring at the ceiling because your mind is running with a million business ideas. That's your most profitable decision. That's powerful. It is. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you shared this because you're right. I mean, you hear so much when you start going into uh, dare I say the woo woo aspects of things, right? People say, oh, money is energy. And I don't even want to call it woo-woo because it, it's true. And now you just shared studies that are, are proving this. And that's why I love studies. I love science-backed research because it just brings that spiritual energetic uh, realm to life. And, mm -hmm. and it shows and gives examples of, yes, this is now that we know this, we can show up differently. And so, and, and I love how you said that too, your walk at lunchtime is really a reflection of the income 
right? That's coming, coming in and how key that is and pertinent that is. Now, now I want to go into Holly, some of the things that you do, and it sounds to me like you probably do some of these and you are, you are one of the business owners that I know that really sets some major boundaries in order mm -hmm. to maintain your, your wellness and your well-being and all of the things. And so would you walk us through that a little bit? What are some of the things that you do in place as a business owner? I mean, you're wearing a lot of hats. You're now a key keynote speaker. That's how I met you initially was I saw you on stage and I was enthralled. I was like, this mm. chick is really young, but <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. My God, she's just like brilliant here on the stage. And, and I just loved your energy and the way that you engaged an audience. I mean, all of those things are really key that I pay attention to. And now we're here. So, you know, I, I wanted to keep you in my life because I love how you show up. But what are some of the things that if you would share with the audience about what do you do to set those boundaries to to maintain really being able to do all of those things and show up as brightly as you do in the world? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, let's start with the fact that I haven't always done that well. Um it has it has not been a super long time since I was having, you know, daily panic attacks because I was so stressed in my business. Um, I'm not there now, which is awesome. But I always think that's important because sometimes sometimes we talk on the show and we're like, oh, I have all these boundaries and like I do it all right. I have not done it all right <laughs> um for forever. But because having a daily panic attack is unacceptable, um, I have figured some things out. So some things that I do that are non-negotiables. It doesn't matter what happens is I don't take a meeting before 10 period. If you want to meet me, meet me at nine, like, sorry, mm. <laughs> I'm, it's going to be a no. Um, I don't take, I don't work on Saturdays period. So, um, from Friday night at sundown to Saturday night at sundown, my technology is off. My phone is off. You know, if you need to get a hold of me for an emergency because someone died, you can, but I'm not, I'm not working. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not in my email. My computer is shut down. My phone is shut down. My iPad is shut down. There's nothing. Um, I don't eat distracted. So when I'm working, I take a minimum of 15 minutes. Ideally, my lunch is 30 to 45 minutes and I go sit somewhere away from my computer. Sometimes I'll listen to a podcast or sometimes I'll have lunch with a friend or sometimes I'll just sit and stare at a wall. But my, my lunch is undistracted. I'm not checking email. I'm not, you know, eating through a meeting. Um, those are a couple of my non-negotiables and they're really simple. Um, you know, my morning routine before 10, it doesn't mean that I'm not working before 10, but it means I'm not taking a meeting before 10. I'm, I'm getting myself centered. I'm doing my morning walk. I'm doing my morning prayer and meditation. Um, I'm eating breakfast. That's a non-negotiable for me. One thing that I struggle with is, um, kind of like chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue. And so, for some people, getting up and doing a workout fasted is the best thing that they can do. For me, that's the worst thing I can do. So I get up, I get outside, I get sunshine on my face, I make my breakfast, I eat it in peace, I do my meditation, I do some sort of gentle movement, and then I kind of get into my day. Um, those are those are the key pieces that I do. Um, there are days when I have to work late, but my husband and I have an agreement that 7 PM is the cutoff. Like if I'm in the middle of an email at 7 PM, I'm not finishing mm -hmm. it. Like it'll go to the drafts and I can finish it in the morning. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah so you have to put that hard stop as an entrepreneur, because otherwise you could keep going forever and ever and ever forever. And then it's it never AM and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't stopped working from sun up to sundown. And that is so not healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not healthy. I think the two things that really were my wake up call for this were one, I was having a daily panic attack, which is not an option. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, that's not okay. <laughs> not okay. And then that's not okay. And then the other thing was from this research that I just shared, you know, the, the question that that research begs is okay so so higher health and wellness equals higher profits but why um yeah. why is that is that is that just like woo woo manifestation stuff or is is there a reason and the reason is performance um mm -hmm. as a business owner whether you're a solopreneur or you're the owner of a fortune 500 company 
your main job is to manage the performance of yourself, of your employees, and of your company. And so when we think about the fact that um, we, we're basically monetizing our brain, that's what our business is. We're monetizing our own creation. In order for me to do that, my brain has to be functioning on all cylinders. And if my brain is not functioning on all cylinders, I'm not going to perform well, which means I'm at worst going to make really dumb decisions in my business that hurt me. At best, I'm not going to make optimal decisions. And so I'm not going to move forward as fast as I could. And so those were the two things that for me got Mm. me to the point where I was like, okay, eating lunch undistracted is a non-negotiable. Could I get more done if I ate my lunch while I checked my email? Yeah, I could get more done, but getting more done isn't the goal. Getting it done well is the goal. Yeah. And I can't run a business if I'm having an anxiety attack. Have you ever tried to make a decision while you're hyperventilating (laughs) and sobbing? (laughs) Does it go well? Like you can't, you can't run a business that way. And so at one point, you know, I, I told my team, I was like, I'm out, I'm taking the month off. If everything falls apart, then it's going to fall apart. And it didn't, um, it didn't fall apart, which is great. We actually increased our bottom line that month, which is crazy. Wow. Cause I didn't work. <laughs> I didn't work for a month and we got better. Why? Probably. Cause I wasn't stressing my team out. Um, yeah. cause if I'm having an anxiety attack that affects everyone in my sphere of influence, right? Yeah. So me picking myself out of the puzzle. Now all of a sudden my team can do their jobs better. Well, and they, and they want to show up, you know, they, they, I'm sure they felt more empowered, you know, and, and were given this space to really be accountable for and lead themselves and the people around them. So that's incredible. I love that you brought that up that like I took a month off and I, I had to allow myself space to not care if my business fell apart and to just do what was right for me. Mm-hmm. And in turn, it just, it made everything, uh, you know, come together and you're right. It's doing things well, not just getting everything done and doing it quickly. Uh, you, you know, there's so much to be said about that. And my husband, uh, always says, um, Flow is smooth and smooth is fast. And there's, there's so much beauty in that. And also I'll add to that because this is just, you can see what kind of personality he is and he's in safety. So, uh, you know, it all kind of comes together. But when we first started dating, he said, I want a a crock pot relationship, not a microwave relationship. Mm, So he's all about the, the slow and the steady and, and me, I'm kind of like, wait a minute. I want to, I want to move this further. I want to move this faster. Like what's going on? Why is it taking so long? So my, one of my biggest lessons has always been to do things slowly. And I tell you what, Holly, you know, when, when we go through major transitions in life and, or, or things that are trauma-based, it is within that slowing down. And when we, when we lower the stress and we, uh, we surrender, surrender is key too. And like you did with your business, you surrendered and you just let go for a minute and then allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I'm laughing. Cause I'm like you, I'm a, I'm a like, it didn't happen yesterday. It's not going to happen kind of person. And my husband is generation, also- our time now is like that. I mean, we oh, all, yeah. all are like that, right? Just because everything information is coming immediately, you know? I have to add to this and I'm, and I'm sorry, but I have to, because I, I caught myself the other day, Hallie, I get a lot of emails. I, I interview many, many people doing this five days a week and then recording. So I had this email from this 88 year old man who's going to be interviewed on the show, 88 year old man. <laughs> and oh he, he leaves me this email that is really, really long. And he's telling me about his vacation and his days and his weeks and the, what he ate for breakfast. And I'm like, what on earth is this? Why is he? T- I don't care. <laughs> I do not care. Why are you telling me all this? But but I, I came to this understanding and I had to stop myself, Hallie, because just look at the generational gaps. Like these back in his day, they wrote letters to each other. And yeah. communication. I mean, the guy has written a number of books. He's wow. doing incredible. His mental capacity, the fact that he can write me that long of an email and it can be clear and concise 
is beautiful. That's why he's coming on the show. When we talk about centenarians mm. and blue zones and people who are living the longest, it's because of whatever he's doing, he's doing it right. And I should have a little bit more grace and passion and acceptance and compassion for him. Right. Yeah. It, it told me, I mean, it was such a big, profound moment for me when I just, I thought about that and I'm like, holy geez, the, the day and age that we're living, we want everything now and we want it to be short and we, we, you know, get to the point. Right. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me. It is. It, I mean, gosh, so powerful. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we live in, we live in the, the time of, I can order something online and it shows up at my house that day. Like yeah. it was, it was only 10 years ago that if I ordered something online, by the time it arrived, I would have forgotten that I ordered it. <laughs> and yeah. you know, humans, humans are not designed to change that rapidly. I have one of my rapid. absolute best friends in the whole world, maid of honor, my wedding, like truly one of my best friends. Um, started, this is hilarious. This cracks me up. She started a hat company on Sunday. So she had this beautiful idea. She's an incredible artist. She's just a beautiful human. And so she's taking felt hats and burning these beautiful designs into them. They're stunning. You should go look at her Instagram, um, Harris hat company. It's amazing. Um, so she started this on Sunday. So she, she created her Instagram, on Sunday, she posted five posts. She followed everyone. She had 41 followers by the end of Sunday. And she called me and she was like, I didn't sell a hat. Like my business is going to fail. And I was like, "I'm wait, sorry, when did you start this? She was like six hours ago. And I was just like, yeah. Okay. Pump the brakes, girlfriend. Like you started a business six hours ago. She called me yesterday. So it's Tuesday. So she started this on Sunday. She called me on Tuesday. She's like, I sold three hats. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me at all. She's going to have to outsource this business by the end of the week. But, um, I just think it's funny because that story is so obvious. Like you, you started a business on Sunday. We're not going to expect a sale on Sunday. Like give it a minute, (laughs) but she was legitimately concerned. And, um, you know, I'm the same way. Like, oh my gosh, I like did this talk and I didn't close a single client. I'm like, oh my gosh, Hallie, like, you know, we reap what we sow. We talk about a hundred years ago, you planted corn and you had to wait six months at minimum to get to take a bite of that corn, to take a bite of that corn, any kind of viable product. But I think, I think today, if I was to sum this up, what our current culture has untaught us is the concept of we reap what we sow. Um, yeah. What we do today is going to affect what happens six months, nine months, 10 years down the road. It might not affect today. Um, but just like your client, he understands, you know, smooth or slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Slow, mm-hmm. slow is so much better. And it's yeah. so much more logical. Yeah. 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 Fast is not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, big lessons here and, you know, constant reminders. And, and definitely I like to say that our, our growth is a, is, is a constant, like we don't just stop. There is no end point to self-development and self-growth. We, we continue on and we continue to improve. And it's, it's through all of those little tweaks and the reminders and the continuous work that you put into it. And really having that, that knowledge and understanding and, and, you know, to even know and understand what it is that we're doing and why it's those, those realizations of, I started a business on Sunday and I want something now and, and taking a step back from that and being like, wait a minute, that's not actually, you know, realistic. (laughs) Give it some time, give it some moments. It's the emails that I get from beautiful souls, like the 88 year old man who, who is sharing his life with me in a beautiful way and me allowing that and and having patience with that and, and seeing the beauty in it and, and the wisdom behind that. (laughs) So all of those things, Hallie, it has been extraordinary having you on the show again. I will always love our conversations. Very, very insightful, enlightening, energetic. 
Thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience today? Oh man, I feel like we've gone so many places. It's an honor to be on April. Thank you for having me. I just, I so appreciate everything about you. Um, one takeaway. Yeah. Okay. Here's my one takeaway that, that ties into all of these pieces. Your stress affects your gut and slow is better, blah, blah, blah. Um, I have a meditation coach, which I love. Um, that's a thing. I have a meditation coach. And one of the things that he encouraged me to do was between everything, between every meeting, between every task, when I close my computer at the end of the day, to take 10 seconds to breathe. Mm. That was like two seconds that I just did. 10 seconds can feel like a really long time when we're doing this all day long. Um, but it has been one of the most powerful shifts and changes that I've made. I've been doing it now for three weeks and it's so simple, like not rocket science. Take 10 minutes, 10 seconds to breathe between everything you do um, has made a massive difference for me. So as a takeaway, if you want to heal your gut and you want to slow down 10 seconds, 10 seconds in between everything you do, it really makes a massive difference. Oh, that's awesome. Great ending. I love the breathing. 10 seconds. That's it. Super simple. Everybody can do it. We do it all the time. So, but being intentional about that. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Hallie. Miss Hallie Brooke, everyone. I hope you enjoyed her as much as I do because you know, likely she's going to be back again because she's always beautiful, always learning, and she always has something more to bring to the audience. So thank you again. Live Nourished Coaching, everyone, www.livenourishedcoaching.com. You can find that in the description below. You can always find that with our guests. Thank you so much, Holly, again, for being our incredible guest. And thank you, everyone, for watching, tuning in. The show wouldn't be possible without you. So thank you so much. And goodbye for now. We will see you next time.